Corey Hybee, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, three broads, bringing you stories and strategies exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not so you can learn, grow, and succeed. You want to learn more about your hosts? Make sure to listen to episode one. All right, ladies, I'm curious, what nickname have you been (gasps) called throughout your life? Or nicknames. Oh, you're gonna have to give it up to us first, Chris. You gotta, you gotta kick this yeah, that's one off fair. and that's reveal. Fair. Do your reveal, because <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I'll go first. Um, okay. well, my first name, full name, is Christina. So Chris is, of course, one sure. of them. Yeah, my family sense. called me Christy. So we had all these nicknames that ended in E. You know, like okay. I, I think that's just something with a lot of families, but yeah. if you're around any of my family, particularly on my dad's side, they all call me Christy. And for people that, you know, I bring up to the family or they're with me, they're yeah. like, who is Christy? They just don't know <laughs> me as Christy. Oh, yeah. Um, but then when I played uh, basketball, I was called Scrappy. So I was Scrappy. Uh, nice. I, was the I, like shortest it. One. I played point nice. guard and like, oh, Scrappy awesome. was my nickname. And then I dated another Chris at one point in time and I was little Chris and they were big Chris. So I've also been little Chris. So those are kind of, those are great. Those are all the real positive nicknames I could share. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that I'm struggling with that because mine aren't necessarily, you know, uh, PG, I guess. Go there. Let's go there. This is our show. We can do it. There's no reading. I'll just, I'm just going to say my maiden name is cocking C O C K I N G. So Ooh, just open well, it up for creativity mm-hmm, okay. and I've been called that. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I'm okay. Just, I've got thick skin because I went through high school with that name. Wow. Um, <laughs> and you got married like as soon as you could. Oh, I'm like, I, gotta, like I need a name. I need a name. I don't care. No, but um now now it's just Hybe. A lot of people just call me Hybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Aww, that's a good one. That's, that nice. fits you. Mm-hmm. that's cute. So um my dad second wife um she's a wonderful woman she had a child and his name was also Aaron so there were two of us in the house so he was Mr. Aaron and I to this day am Miss Aaron for you know the family all my friends growing up still call me Miss Aaron and so that's my nickname Miss Aaron it's like you're a school teacher I thought it was more like a little Southern belle, like Miss Aaron. <laughs> How are you doing today, Miss Aaron? Oh, that's true. I, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> that was my interpretation. Woo! So we got a good show today. Now we yes. know each other a little bit better. We have an awesome show. We have two guests. This is the first time we've ever had two guests. We have five women on Zoom right now, all together in the same place. I'm very excited to introduce these ladies. I'm going to first tell you their names just to get that out of the way, because then I'm going to go through the introduction. So we've got Nicole Feeney and Michelle Vasapoli with us today. Yay, welcome. Where's all the cheering applause? <laughs> we need to get some of the music fans. that we, we can do. Deal. We need some like, yeah, like I'll work on that. I can all, right. <laughs> all right. So let me tell you about these ladies. So Nicole has been at ADP for a little over five years. 
and services the small business community. She helps small businesses outsource many of their administrative tasks, such as payroll, insurances, HR compliance, and employee benefits. In a small business environment, it is usually the owner that wears all the hats. I think we can all relate to that, right? 100%. So um, we definitely can. It is her goal to provide a one-stop shop service so that all small business owners can focus on the growth and development of their vision. Um, I got to take a breath here. <laughs> we, we got two guests. This, yeah. is, a, this good, is a new one good. for This is Very a record exciting. for us. Yeah. She, <laughs> she brings in an extremely abundant and wide breadth of insights to the table and finds good client service and support to be of most importance. Her interests are hiking and camping, camping photography, and meditating. Wow. So um, I think if you're doing those frequently, you need the meditating on the other yeah. side. So mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. So let me tell you about Michelle. Michelle has worked for ADP for 10 years. She uh, primar- primarily services the small and mid-market sectors across various industries. In her current role, she helps businesses with complex needs meet their goals and objectives by helping them attract talent, keep employees engaged, and drive productivity in a highly competitive market. Michelle lives in New York with her husband and two-year-old son. Oh, she enjoys baking, volleyball, and bike riding. Yeah, ladies. Welcome, you guys. This is cool. For for our audience, they're in the same room together, which is like, you know, in this era (laughs) of Zoom, like two humans occupying the same (laughs) space. I know. They they even look coordinated, don't they? They do. They do. They're buds. That's right. Yes, we are. All right. So I'm going to jump in with some questions. And the first question is for you, Nicole. Um, What is hot and what is not as far as what benefits to offer staff to encourage them to start working or continue working at their organization? Oh, I cannot wait to hear this. Yeah, this is... I, I mean, I don't know if the, the current labor market right now, as described by uh, the chair of the Federal Reserve, <clears throat> he said it's strong but unhealthy. Mm. And the mm. reason that is is because the job openings, new job opportunities per month is at an all-time record high. So an economist would look at that and say, great, we're, we're in a great position. Like there's so much opportunity for growth. But on the other side, uh, what else is at an all-time record high is the number of people quitting their jobs. So new job openings, people quitting their jobs are at an all-time record high. And it's creating this uh, strange phenomenon, like this gap for for employers, Mm. where it's creating a lot of challenges for them. And employees, we at ADP, we always say this, employees are your biggest liability, but they're also your biggest asset. Yeah. So when, you know, if you ask me where the the problem right now for employers is not revenue. A lot of employers, their revenue is actually growing. Like companies are doing well, like getting new clients, keeping Mm -hmm. their current clients. That's not the issue. The issue lies within the employees and having the people to do the actual work. And not just anyone, but the right person. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but what's going on right now is the ball is in the employee's court, like Mm -hmm. hardcore, big time. (laughs) They are not shy in asking what they want. And 
this, like right now, the employee, they have everything that they need um, to be as picky as they, as they, they want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, so an employee is not just, you know, when, when there's an interview, it's no longer the employee trying to prove to the employer why they're mm-hmm. a good candidate. Mm-hmm. The tables have reversed. Now it's the employer trying to prove to the candidate why they should come work for them, mm. why their company culture is good. So mm-hmm. all that said, that's kind of setting the stage on what the market, uh, labor market is like right now. And so ADP has a subdivision called the ADP Research Institute. Mm-hmm. And so this is, you know, ADP stands for automatic data processing because we pay one in six Americans. So we have massive aggregates wow. of data and we have a wow. huge pool. Yeah, we have a huge pool of 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 people to survey sure. and get like a state of the union, what's going on. Sure. So, and this, this ADP research Institute is we, we turn this data into educational pieces for the okay. entire small business community. You don't have to be an ADP client. And so I watched a webinar titled what's hot, what's not like yeah. reimagine oh, uh-huh. because I was curious. I was like, you know, where, what is the direction things are going in? And so the biggest point that I got from for what employers need to do is number one, what's not hot is Mm -hmm. the status quo, like just continuing to do what you've been doing. Mm -hmm. That's out. Mm -hmm. I like that. Continue doing that completely out the door. And unfortunately, status quo is the norm, right? Right. It's set. It's 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 yeah. People uh, stuck, right? They know yeah. what they know. Change is hard. Yeah. Sure. Change is hard. Yeah. To, to bring, you know, this level of knowledge to somebody, sometimes you see a lot of, you know, there's some resistance, but things I have bet. to change to Nicole's yeah. point. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's and so what I what I got from this mostly is that it, it's not so much about the type of benefit that you're offering. Number one, what's really important important is the experience of the benef- of the like benefits and en- mm-hmm. enrollments, mm-hmm. the communication, mm-hmm. understanding what types of benefits do for someone. Mm-hmm. That's really important. But the number one takeaway was it's these benefits are not like a cookie cutter thing. You employers have to look at the employee like as a whole person now. Okay. And whether an employer wants to or not um, be- like agrees with this or not, employees need support from their employer in their personal lives now too. And now what the trend is like employers need to start offering things that make an employee's life, personal life easier. Mm -hmm. So, so looking at employee, like not just looking at the employee as, okay, what is their life when they come work for me? Yeah. It's what is their life when they're not working for me? It it actually Mm -hmm. matters more. So uh, some things that come to mind is uh, a, a thing that's really rising right now is employers offering a student loan repayment sure. benefit. Sure. Um, and that will help because especially the manufacturing industry, huge problem in attracting young people. Huge, yeah. huge problem. Another yeah. industry that has that problem is the accounting industry or the trades. Mm-hmm. So you have to offer things that are going to appeal to the young person. Um, other things involved in this is uh, a lot of people, myself included, have no idea, have no know-how for like 
financial planning, like budgeting, like mm, this, sure. like all this, all these things I have no idea about. So employers offering um, financial well-being resources and programs and just like a, a like lifestyle perks and discounts. Um, mm. So for example, I'll give you a real life example. So ADP has something called my moment. And my moment is when, say, I have an interaction with someone from the client service team because I have a client experiencing something. It's urgent. I need a lot of help. I call into client service. The rep is knocks it out of the park, takes care of everything. Um, you know, my client's happy. I'm happy. I'll go on the ADP associate portal and give that associate a my moment uh, and thanking her for, for the work that she did that my moment translates into points that that employee can then go on bed, bath and beyond and, and get something. And so I just had a real life example of this where I just got back from Paris. So I'm Ooh. all espresso. Wow. Ooh, I, nice. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all espresso. I don't want to drink <laughs> regular coffee. I want to drink espresso. Cafe. So I'm like, I'm like, so there's a coworker in my office. He's like, and a kind of sore. So I call him up he's like he's like yes get into it he's like but they're really expensive I'm like oh my gosh how much he's like 700 800 dollars he's like Nicole just use your my moments I was like my moments I go on I'm on my associate world I have thousands of my moments that now I'm gonna I'm gonna use and buy an espresso machine at Bed Bath and Beyond and only have to pay like I don't know 70 bucks off from like a 700 dollar yeah oh good for you these is what this is what makes the difference yeah Uh, little parts like that wow that's a so many great insights yeah and so so interesting uh yeah and, you know, I'm, I'm sure I would imagine that the pandemic has so much to do with that because we all collapsed our work selves and our home selves. Mm-hmm. And now we're thinking that way as employees, yep. like I'm a, I'm a whole person. And when you want to, um, have you guys seen severance by the way? Mm-mm. Very no. disturbing show. It's about like these <laughs> people that have their brain meddled with so that when they go to work, oh. they forget who they are on the outside. And then when they leave work, they forget who they are at work. It's super weird. Anyway, oh, no. we're done with that now, right? We're like, <laughs> I'm I'm this person all the time. Here I am in my kitchen right now talking to you. So um, I think we could spend a lot of time on that, but you guys, you just carry such a breadth of information. So I want to make sure that we touch on some other stuff today. Although these things are a little bit related. So this is for you, Michelle. In the current labor market, what strategies do you see clients putting into place to attract and retain employees? And so I just want to point out, what do you see people doing? And then is that working? If you could let us know if that's working. That'd be yeah, great. yeah. I, I think that um, a huge shift has um you know, especially post pandemic, right? Um, you know, you, you mentioned it, but there's been a huge shift towards trying to figure out which vendors you can partner with that will actually take on some liability, right? Have some skin in the game mm-hmm. um, with you as an employer, right? So what we've seen, you know, on, on our side, you know, everyone knows ADP as a payroll company, right? Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. first thing you think of. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is, you know, how we've kind of branched out and differentiated ourselves. So um, one of those areas is in our professional employer organization or PEO. So there has been a huge shift 
um, as we see and come across some of these big challenges, right, um, attracting labor, keeping them engaged, how do we offer these great benefits? Where do we even come up with the strategy? Mm-hmm. Like, who's thinking of these things? Because like you said, usually the, the person who's doing all of this is wearing a lot of different hats, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to think about how to get really strategic with employees usually falls by the wayside because there's mm-hmm. so much other stuff to do, yeah. right? So, mm-hmm. um so I think that that shift, and you know, if you guys aren't familiar with this term, right, professional employer organization, it's pretty interesting. It's a model that's been around for, for quite some time, gained a lot of popularity, but basically it just takes a group, right, a, a, a business that's out on their own and allows them to leverage a big company like ADP, right, for, mm-hmm. um, for our size and for those resources that they don't have. So they can tap into that. Um, we, we group, let's say it's a, you know, a hundred employee manufacturer, right? We'll take them and group them with our um, 600,000 employees. We're, mm-hmm. you know, on paper really big. Um, but yeah. what that does is it shifts liability over to ADP, right? So we're yeah. going to give you support. We're going to give you, you um, you know, uh, our benefits package that a small business wouldn't be able to get on their own, uh-huh. right? So mm-hmm. um, these are some ways that people are thinking outside the box, right? Starting yes. to realize that, hey, we're in a really uncertain market right now. Yeah, There is, uh, you know, so much uncertainty at every corner, right? We don't know if the economy is good. We don't know if the economy is <laughs> yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Both and... Yeah. 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 So, so if you can kind of shift some of that liability and at the same time, take some of the line items on your P and L and make those more stable, right? Like things like workers comp cost, health insurance cost, you're probably your second biggest line item underneath payroll. Right. Um, And figure out ways to stabilize that a professional employer organization or a PEO at ADP, we call ours total source, but that is a huge shift. A lot of people are going that route because um, there was actually a study done and 58% of clients that, um, you know, made it through the pandemic were actually partnering with a PEO and it made them way more profitable, way more stable and mm. way more prepared to handle such a big, you know, blip in time, right? That's really what the, what the pandemic was. It was a blip in time that yeah, if right. you weren't prepared or if you didn't use the time wisely, you're struggling on the back end. So this, this model, and, you know, I, I encourage people to take a look into what a PEO could offer them, um, you know, whether it's ADP or outside, you know, we have competitors, um, but it's really been, um, it's really been a huge shift and, and a place where a lot of people are going and heading um, even more furiously and, and fast and furious, right? Um, yeah. Now. Yeah. Wow. That's, you know, one word that popped up for me when you were talking about that was resilience. Like it offers resilience when yeah. something hits you. And the uncertainty, I think, is the new normal. So it makes a lot of look for places where you can, you know, maintain some strength even when you know, the hurricane hits or the pandemic or what have you. And that's a really cool model. So I'm glad you shared with that with us. Thank you. Yeah. yeah thank no you. Problem. I'm going to shift the conversation away from people and talk more about the dollars. So I'm glad you mentioned the, the PL a little bit. Um, Nicole, there's a lot of tax credits out there and I'm curious, what are some that are related directly to the manufacturing industry? Sure. This is, um, <laughs> I'm like a tax credit fanatic. I don't know why. It's like my favorite thing that ADP does, <laughs> probably because it's so different from what, um, uh, you know, other things that we offer. Uh, 
But so tax credits, um, you could basically look at them as like free money. Mm -hmm. um, so one, uh, two that come top of mind that are uh, directly related to the manufacturing industry is the Federal Research and Development Tax Credit. So this is also not a new tax credit, but from um, to, from its inception to 2015, it was only really available for those enterprise-sized companies, like your Johnson & Johnson and your Pfizer's and, okay. and those kind of companies. But in 2015, there were a couple provisions made in the IRS guidelines, uh, and it, it opened the door wide in the net of who can qualify, who could be eligible for this credit. And those changes were um, now now any small business can be eligible with a business with three employees. If they're doing research and development, you know, they they could qualify. And then the other provision was because typically you would use the tax credit to offset your corporate tax liability. Um, but they found that a lot of the companies that were doing research and development, manufacturing new products or whatever it is, were either pre-revenue, they didn't even open yet, they're still working on manufacturing the product, mm -hmm. or they're showing massive losses because all the money that they get is going right back into the development. Sure. So they're like, wait a second, these companies who are doing tons of R&D can't even use the credit. That's not mm -hmm. fair. Sure. So yeah. now they, they change it so that you, those companies can use the credit and they have to be five years or younger, less $5 million in revenue or less, they can use this credit to offset the employer FICA payroll tax liability. So it's Social Security and Medicare that the employer pays on their employee wages. Mm -hmm. They could use the credit to offset that. And now what the IRS guidelines considers research and development is, is kind mm -hmm. of broad. Mm -hmm. Like when, when some people think R&D, they think lab coats, science, yeah. in a yeah. lab, yeah. making yeah. Yeah. potions, yeah. making yeah. chemicals, <laughs> which certainly, you know, qualifies, but there's a whole lot of other things. There mm -hmm. really just has to be some trial and error uh -huh. involved uh -huh. in the, in the, creation or improvement upon a product or a process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, cool. There was even uh, a brewery um, that was, the, he was coming up with the new, new recipes, new um, proprietary ways to brew beer. This mm -hmm. was considered R&D and yeah. he was able to get money back. So manufacturing oh. is the number one industry that qualifies for the research and development. Um, the other one is something called EDS, Economic Development Services. Do you actually want to touch on that one? Oh, yeah. This one's actually really cool. <laughs> no, it's so cool. Us. No, I love, the, I love the R&D, incentivizing yeah, yeah, innovation. Totally. That is awesome. It, it, that's exactly what it is. It's incentivizing innovation within the United States because yeah, a lot yeah. of people go offshore and they want to bring it back. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the other ways Nicole mentioned, but economic development. So basically, there has also been a huge influx of, you know, foreign dollars over the past couple of years, right, into the U.S. We've got, um, like she said, cl clients or companies that are um, doing well, you know, revenue is high, mm -hmm. they want to reinvest that. So if if a group is deciding that they want to expand or if they want to relocate, um, a lot of times they might know, right? The finance team might know that this is an option for them, but they don't think that they have the resources internally to be able to even think about it. But if you're looking to like, let's say, move 
25 or more employees to a new state, right? right. I've been doing my, you know, operating out of Long Island for way too long. I'm moving to North Carolina and I'm bringing all my people with me, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to invest, let's say, um, you know, some sort of capital investment, $10 million or more, or you're going to move all your employees, there's actually a bidding process that states will go through to earn your business to come to their state. Mm -hmm. um, these are called negotiated tax credit incentives. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the tricky part about them and where people usually miss opportunities is that if you already decide that you're going to North Carolina and you let everybody there know, they're not going to give you any money. <laughs> There's no incentive for them to pay you, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the trick with these types of tax credit packages is that they have to be done and researched so early on in the process. People move quick, right? They think about yeah. these things and they don't, like I said, they don't think they have the internal resources to, to, to do something like this. Um, but, uh, you know, there are ways, you know, like ADP has this great program, um, you know, where we do tap into our resources and give them to our clients. Um, so, you know, we'll actually go to the state and say, hey, we have a group who's looking for, um, you know, looking for space and they're between Texas and Alabama. Right. And it's like, mm -hmm. hey, let us know how much. And we've found like $75 million tax incentive wow. packages. Wow. Um, it yeah, depends on, right. That's a big one, right. Depends yeah. on the project, the scope of the project. Sure. How yep, many people yep. are you bringing there? If you're bringing a hundred employees or so, and you know, you're, you're going to build out a big facility and sometimes they even package in giving you free land to build on, or, um, you know, they, they make the package a little bit more, um, lucrative for you. So they, they get very creative. It's a super, super consultative type of process. And like I said, cool. an area that people don't even think about yeah. and they go and they move. And then after Words, they're like, oh, oh. If we speak to them, they're like, do you think we could go back? And they're like, oh, <laughs> no, <sorry."> no, <laughs> no. So, <laughs> oh, that's is, a um, great, great yeah, information. Yeah, yeah, it's currently really specifically, like I said, in the manufacturing area, um, you know, in that sector, people moving, they usually require large space it's where mm -hmm. we where we fit. Yeah, it's yeah. so there's a couple things that would qualify for this one is relocation mm -hmm. the other is simply expansion mm -hmm. like your h you know if you're headquartered in texas but you just want another satellite facility that qualifies too or another big one is uh international companies coming to expand their footprint in the u.s sure. opening mm -hmm. up shop here uh or even consolidating right so say that there's a company who has 10 different facilities in 10 different states and their CFO, CFO is like, we got to, we got to cut this fat. We have to like, we have to consolidate. Mm -hmm. We got to close nine of our offices and move into that 10th office, expand because we're bringing all these people here. Sure. Because yes. the two prerequisites for this credit is one, there needs to be a net new capital investment into the state uh -huh. and there needs to be a net new headcount people to the state. Yeah. Oh, oh anything, okay. Anything that falls under that category, you know, you should take a look at this, but like to yeah. Michelle's point it has to be early on. You can't announce it on your website <laughs> you with a real estate agent. So yeah, okay. it's, very, it's, it's, it's an awesome thing. I love these tips. Yeah. yeah me love too. It when we money. All right. Yeah. The money, For all those yeah. manufacturers listening, what was yeah. the federal research development credit and the EDS, yeah. right? All yes, right. right. Great. Okay. What, uh, another question for you, Michelle, uh, what problem do you see manufacturing clients often face that they struggle to address or fix? 
this is this is a, a good one. I would say uh, operational efficiency is definitely like you know top of mind. How do we get more efficient with our time? How do we get more efficient with our um, employees? And how do we you know optimize our productivity and then meet you know our customers' expectations? So uh, big topic, right? Like how do we even think about um, putting those types of processes in place, but, um, you know, there's some ways that they can do that, you know, that they probably didn't even realize, like, you know, putting in a um, workforce management system, something that's tracking time and attendance for employees that also pulls in the data for the resources that the employees are using, or, um, you know, the uh, pieces of the assembly line that are going to be used for that day and tracking it and, you know, taking that data and turning it into insights for the company. Right. So, um, you know, we have, we work with a lot of groups that think that they can't even like wrap their head around this problem. And, you know, we, we help with, you know, some solutions there, but I would say that that's probably the biggest thing is like operational efficiency. How can we get more efficient with our time and with our people and what are the strategies around that? So, yeah, no, I appreciate that one, especially coming from the digital space. I think yeah. that's where a big part of the ROI comes in. Sometimes for companies that don't have that data or information, they can't really understand the benefit necessarily because they've never quantified mm -hmm. uh, the inefficiencies before. So when you talk about how automation or digital technologies can help people or even automation on the, on the shop floor, uh, if they haven't quantified it to begin with, they, it doesn't really help them analyze very well how these tools can benefit them. So I really love that answer. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, this is kind of a fun segment for us, which is tell us something about you that we don't know or people don't actually know. So, Nicole, reveal. Yeah. Reveal. So um, I feel like unless you knew me when I was 15, you would have no idea that <laughs> I am a black belt in Taekwondo, correct? What? Wow. Wow. Cool. I can kick some serious bootay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes, you can. Wow. You've been doing that long Another, time. I mean, the second part to that is that me and my mom got our black belts together. So that's really cool. I got to meet your mom. That's, yeah, that's really she's, I want to meet her mom too. Like I, I'm all <laughs> penciling my myself in for her. It's my, my mom and dad ride motorcycles together. And uh, my dad was sitting back and thinking, he's like, you know, you're you're pretty badass. You you uh <laughs> ride a motorcycle, yeah, you drive stick shift, you have a black belt. He's like, who would mess with you? Yeah, <laughs> nobody. Awesome. Nobody wouldn't mess Not with me. you. <laughs> So something, it's funny that this question is being asked because uh, me and my friend were having this conversation. Uh, I, I asked her what she wished more people would know about, could know about her. And she asked me the same and this answer just came to me. And I don't know if it's answering it directly or not, but I wish people could see themselves the way I see them. Mm -hmm. And like, this is so like, so is it about me? I, I guess like, I, I feel like if people um, were able to see themselves through my eyes, it would make them feel very, very, very good, because, but I can't explain it in words. So that's why I wish more people knew about it. This is like, <laughs> yeah. because I see people in like, um, like their best, 
their best. Yeah. So yeah, that he's is so <laughs> special person. Oh, <laughs> you feel good really being around beautiful. her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. That. that is that that is really powerful. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, and you can tell that you guys enjoy working together. So yes. there's there's something that's going on there that's working. I'm sure the you universe guys brought us together, <laughs> not just for work, but for many things. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, we're gonna move to our segment. Uh, I just learned that, and Erin, I'm gonna go to you first. Yay! Because <laughs> I usually come up with these pretty off the wall things, but this one, I, I, it's perfect. It's very relevant to our conversation today. So I have a very good friend um, who's a financial planner. She's and she's very talented. She's kind of like turned into a, a therapist for me because she's so smart about money. Um, and so I found this article and I sent it over to her, but I thought it was interesting that um. of U.S. households now use work-sponsored programs for investment information and advice. Compared to 10, 10, 12 years ago, it was only 39%. And Mm. I I think that is... That, that goes into the whole formulation of what, of what we were talking yep. about. It used That's to right. be, you know, those two things were so separate mm-hmm. and, you know, yep. maybe you would need to have those conversations back and forth. And it looks like from the data that we're kind of leaning into our employers to, to help us with that financial plan. 100%. So, yeah, 100%. I, thought that, I thought that was really kind of good. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And fits right with the program. Today. It does. It <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> What'd you learn, Lori? Mine is not tied to the program at all. Um, <laughs> and I I was randomly looking for something because I I always forget what I recently learned. But um, uh, I found this fascinating article that um, I also noted was dated 2019, but that's okay because I still just learned it. Um, Titan, which is... Uh, Saturn's largest moon has a lot of similarities to planet Earth. What? Yes. So even though it's chemically different, the terrain is very similar and there's like rivers that flow, but it's it's not water. It's like other chemicals and just the surface, um, uh, lakes, rivers, seas, um, although they're made up of liquid methane and ethane, um, but just that's the it's the strangely the most similar um terrestrial I said that totally wrong <laughs> sorry <laughs> outer outer space objects um, closest to earth wow. I just I found that fascinating that what is super fascinating. interesting that's for, yeah that's for I never heard Star of Star Trek type stuff so you're, just learned learned about oh, okay. you're, you're not a space nerd then okay. <laughs> i'm not i'm i definitely always call myself geek of the week nerd of the herd when i'm ever geeking oh out gosh. with people <laughs> so i've said oh i should have said that i say that all the time this one i oh didn't know at all not at all what uh, so about you chris I, I just learned that um Fast Company has a 100 best workplaces for innovators. And this one kind of fits with our program today, yeah. too. And Milwaukee Tool oh. is number 34. And they're right cool. out of Brookfield, Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. So, 
And, you know, apparently they've opened up a huge campus in Chicago for innovation. And mm-hmm. I've always thought Milwaukee Tool products are pretty awesome. Yeah. I don't know, Michelle and uh, Nicole, if you guys know this, but we're all out of the Wisconsin area. So oh, Milwaukee, cool. I mean, cool. we were talking about motorcycles earlier. Harley Davidson's yep. a big name around here. Hmm. Well, Milwaukee Tool is out of Brookfield, Wisconsin. So pretty cool. Oh, that's yeah. great. That's, yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah. I wonder if they got a negotiated incentive package to expand. conversation, I wouldn't, that would not have crossed my mind. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> now I just learned something else. <laughs> yeah. uh, what about you, Nicole? So <clears throat> this is, uh, I don't know if, okay. So I didn't, just learn this but I like I arrived at a higher understanding of it okay so I still consider it learning something new and this is like the principle of like truly going with the course of nature mm-hmm. because like you know everyone says go with the flow go with the flow yeah but to actually go with the flow like to actually do this is a whole other thing and Um, this has really come into fruition in my time in Paris because I, I really decided to be, um, to have like no expectations and to have like no attachment to an outcome of something. Uh And let me tell you, like the magical things that happened, like once I let go of expectations and attachments to outcomes, the most beautiful things took place. Like I was constantly being like, things kept constantly coming to me. And I was like, this is what it's like to really just go (laughs) like whatever happens. Don't, um, don't think it's a bad thing. Like just see, just go with it. And like, you know, it it could actually end up being a really good thing in the end. So I'm like committed to going with the course of nature and it's like the best, the best path to take. Oh, so, good um, for you. Very I, cool. I, I, I find that, that as Americans, we, <laughs> we always have a block. Like, uh, you know, when you go on vacation, I don't, I'm one of those people that just takes me a while to let go. And it feels like when I'm finally vacationing, it's time to go back. To yeah. yeah. <laughs> Longer vacation. Oh, That's that. the cure for yes. that. <laughs> I know, but I, I like this idea. So I, I'm going to try to remember that, Nicole. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to teach my two-year-old how to go with the flow. Oh, <laughs> well. I <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. That's what you have to do yourself. They're the flow. They'll be the flow you for the, the next example. 18 years. Yeah. 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 Very Yep. It's funny, Aaron, at the beginning, you said you're Miss Aaron. My son just started his twos program and now he calls me Miss Mommy. Oh, <laughs> so, that's a yeah. me. I love Miss Mommy. Yeah. Aww. What, what about right. you? What did you, what have you just learned? Well, I, I just learned this uh, while we were, you know, comparing notes for today and, you know, what we wanted to talk about. And I just learned that Nicole Feeney, my friend, who's so special in going with the flow, is also <laughs> a black belt in karate. What? what? That <laughs> is crazy. So awesome. But Both of you are black belts. Both of us are black belts in, in Taekwondo, which is in, a specific form of karate. In the same martial art. And I got what? my black belt with my dad. So my dad, oh my dad used to ride a motorcycle. My mom <laughs> made him give it up. So yes, wisely. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think my the universe gosh. did bring you guys together. I hope definitely are like kindred spirits. Oh, that's super fun. This is neat. You guys <laughs> have wonderful energy. And I just Aww. feel like you too. Watching you guys shepherd the future of the workforce, which you know, that doesn't sound like something you'd pick up in a self-help book in a bookstore, but <laughs> it is so important to everyone, isn't it? And just becoming mm. more and more important. So I'm just delighted yeah. that you guys are a force for good. Oh, thanks. You guys too. It's really awesome. All right. So if our audience wants to reach out to you guys and connect, how should they do that? Tell us. I I think probably email would be, (laughs) would be best because um, of course we have a general website, but you can't, it it doesn't compare to have a, having a one-on-one conversation with us. Um, And so my email is my name. It's Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E dot Feeney, F as in Frank, I-E, and as in Nancy, E at ADP.com. All right. right. Same. You can contact Nicole directly or you can reach out to me. It's michelle.vasapoli at ADP. My mom set me up with Michelle with one L as a first name. So (laughs) the one one L, it really messes me up every, every time. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I also have a a LinkedIn page too, uh, Michelle Vasapoli at ADP and uh, that's usually the best way to reach us. Okay. All right. Great. We'll make sure to have it in the show notes. You guys are pure pleasure. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Wonderful guest. Thank you so much. So much fun. Yeah, yeah, we learned a ton. And yes, yeah, thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. This wraps up today's broadcast. If you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization or just want to connect with these broads, visit mfgbroadcast.com. Contact Lori Hybe for your strategic digital marketing initiatives. Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcast.com.